All right, we're back with another episode of Ryan Seaman and Friends, and this week uh, I have I have a guest on my show who also has an Adobe radio show, and we got to meet each other over uh, the pandemic. We've known each other for a couple years now, and we met through uh, one, one of my mutual friends, uh, Jess Bowen. Yes. And so we have uh, DJ Bowie Jane on the show. D- I almost called you DJ. Bowie, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm good, yes. I'm- we uh, I co-host with Jess Bowen, yes. and she is our introducer. Yes, I would introduce Jess as uh, as one of the you know backbone female drummers of our of our time. Oh, right now, she's know? so good. She's so awesome. Yeah. But um, I'm I'm glad to have you in our in our I guess what you can say home, right? Yeah, we're, we're stablemates, as I said to someone the stable other day. Stablemates. Yeah. yeah, I love that. <laughs> so I mean, look, I I wanted to have you on the show because I always like try to learn about where my friends come from and how they started because anybody that I have on the show is just mostly like it's music related but you know maybe there's some people I went to high school with that like got on a reality show or they wrote a script for a big time movie oh, yeah, or they like cool. own restaurants now and so I always just try to get to know everybody just a little bit better yep. and uh you know I just kind of want to know like where you got your start you know uh I mean you grew up in Australia right yes yeah, that- so I've got this funny accent <laughs> and uh- <laughs> some people would say my accent's funny I mean like the first time I went overseas like people were telling me, you know, over to like the UK, people were like, "Oh, like you have a, you have an accent." I'm like, "No, you have an accent." Yeah. Just, you know, so. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. No, the Australian accent is popular here. I don't know why, mm-hmm. but it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I grew up in Melbourne, Australia, okay. and um, I used to play a lot of sports. I was playing heaps of tennis. I didn't get into the music till I guess I was in my late teens. Okay. Yeah, because yeah. you can't really do both. I think Jess had the same experience. She was doing soccer, so. Sure. Yeah, I was on like uh, I was on like a swim team when I was growing up. Really? Yeah, I was I was on a swim team. But then once I hit uh, once I hit high school, they were like, "Oh, you gotta you gotta go to swim team practice at five a.m." And I was like, Dude. "Fuck that!" <laughs> and so instead, you know what I did? I did I did jazz band at six thirty. Oh, at least you <laughs> an hour better. and a half. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Isn't Music it? at that time? Yeah, I mean, like, I so what was I gonna do? Like, go swim from five in the morning till six thirty, and then nah. yeah. Fuck that. And then you became a musician. And then I became a musician, <laughs> like a full-time, yeah. So, But you know what? This show's not about me. This show is about you. <laughs> so so you grew, you grew up in Melbourne. You, you're, yep. you're, uh, you're doing sports. You're, you're yep. doing all the things. Did tennis to yeah. a pretty high level and then um, went on the professional tennis circuit. Mm-hmm. And oh. uh, it's really expensive. So you are... Uh, Especially as an Australian, there's not there are only three tournaments in Australia, so you had to spend the whole year in Europe or in America. Oh, okay. And so I was mostly in Europe playing um, satellite tournaments there, and then ran out of money and was like, "This is actually impossible." Mm-hmm. So you don't have a coach with you; you need a coach as a player. Where were you going in Europe to like? Play? Um, like I played club tennis in Germany, and then I was playing tournaments in the UK and Europe. <laughs> That's yeah. so awesome. Yeah. Okay. So you're doing that for a while. <laughs> yeah, in, in your d- teens. doing that, and yeah. then um, too expensive. Called my mum from the bushes of a tennis court, crying, oh. and from a landline, I think in those days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Okay. And was like, oh, this is hopeless. And mum's like, oh, maybe you should go to uni. And I was like, uh-huh. uh, no, I don't want to go to uni. But anyway, ended yeah. up going back to uni, and that was okay. a rude shock because. I'd just been traveling playing tennis and then, so yeah. I was like, right, instead of, I'll go to uni, but let's get back into the music now. So Okay. And so, so when you went back to Australia, I mean, you were, you were focusing on, on school and, and music? Yeah. Or, okay. um, yeah. The school sort of, but really, I was uh-huh. bluffing my way through. Sure. I mean, I, I kind of did that when I, that, that's another story for another <laughs> time. I kind of did that too when I, when I moved out to California. I went to a music school though, oh, like after I graduated high school. I wish school. I'd gone to a music school. I was only in it for three months, though. You know? uh, and then I ended up dropping up. No. Uh, it was called the LA Music Academy. It was just uh. like right in Pasadena. But uh, they, they changed the name now. I, f- I forget what it's called. It's like the Conservatory of California. Oh, somewhere right. Other. Yeah. So I went there for three months and then. Uh, You're like, eh. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. It's funny. A lot of our guests that we've interviewed um, have gone to music school. Say they've gone to Berkeley or whatever. Or like and, MI or something. Yeah. Like, and yeah. all their contacts have come from there. Oh, really? Like, yeah, and they got their jump in this industry. They got this gig because, well, I guess more session musician kind of people. But, mm-hmm. yeah, anyway, so. Yeah. So, yeah, did um, was studying law and then thought, okay, I will get a job in an entertainment law firm. 
so right. that I can negotiate my own contracts as a musician. So I was singing mostly. So that singing so bands. smart. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. Singing in bands, singing in duos, all that kind of stuff. Like doing six to seven gigs a week. And then, yeah, there's a big live scene in Melbourne. Yeah. And then uh, my boss, who was like a top, in, I did get a job in an entertainment law firm. Within like three months, he started being investigated. Like our office was raided and he was investigated for like money laundering. Oh, my God. No <laughs> so all of a sudden life. I was doing freaking money laundering law and instead of entertainment law, which is not what I wanted to do. Uh-huh. Wow. <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah, anyway, long story short, I did the law for a bit, but then was writing music, started releasing music, decided my music was so pop um, that I'd have to release it in the UK because Australia is very indie. If you're not indie mm. and underground, no chance. So they only like American pop artists. I have so many questions about Australia, but we'll 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 get we'll get there. So okay, so you're doing you're doing like your pop stuff. So so when when you are writing songs and you're doing all this, did you have a band or were you? Yeah, um, yeah, I was I was writing with my duo partner, and then um, I met a producer through the law firm actually. Okay. Um, and he lined us up with a, a really good songwriter, and then we started working on a two female uh, Zeppelin sort of ish kind of thing. Oh, so cool. okay. belting vocals uh-huh. and we were writing music for that. The girl dropped out um, as with all bands, like just freaking useless. People drop out. Yeah. She got pregnant and uh. then like, she just sabotaging everything. Like, and I was so pissed off. I've, I've had, I've had things like that happen. But like, she, yeah. as in she didn't want to get pregnant. It was one of those like, yeah. Oh, whoops. Sure. It probably sounds bad. But. Yeah. I, I went, <laughs> I went through something like that. Not, not too long ago. Yeah. But, yeah. It's, Hard to keep bands together. They are. And you know what I, I say on my show all the time? I've literally said this on like every episode that I do, but yeah. like nine times out of ten, bands fail. Yes. And the one in ten that survive were the ones that were too stupid to stop. <laughs> and so I'm one of those people. You're one of those people. Yep. Jess is one of those people. Um, it's and we're all just, and it's all community and you just try to look out for each other. hundred percent. You know, and that's, yeah, that's my experience with it. Actually with every job, it's sticking around. Like as in just being in yeah. the industry forever. Mm-hmm. So it, tennis was the same. I quit way too early. Obviously I couldn't afford it, but sure. You know, it, that's interesting though. Cause like with tennis, like, so you have to like pay to go to all these places and do it. And then yeah, it's so just, much It's traveling all year with no, you can't get into the tournaments until yeah, no you get income. a ranking. Yeah. There's you no can't income, get a okay. ranking until you play five rounds of qualifying in these tiny tournaments, but everyone's good. It's hmm. just like, and you can't get a practice court when you lose, when you're out of the tournament. So then, and all the players are there. So when you go to the next tournament, you're waiting for those players to get there. It's like, yeah, it's That's a, That sounds like a nightmare. Yeah. You know? It might be better now, but it wasn't then. You know what? Real quick, a tangent, but like I had a um, I had a friend in high school who actually chose tennis over playing drums for a band that I had at the time. Oh my god! And I, I was playing bass because there was nobody else in my town that ah. could like, play anything. But there was this other drummer who, like, he and I were basically like the same ability. But I was like, you know what? I'm gonna try playing bass, and I did. And I feel like I'm I'm pretty good. I could I could hold. I it didn't down, know you know? played bass. Oh yeah. So, ah. so playing playing on stuff, writing things, you know. I'm just really happy that I'm I'm able to do that. Yeah, <laughs> so I'm, so I mean, I'm not two, just a drummer, but like you know, I play guitar, all that stuff. But, the two um, go hand in hand, really. Yeah, but I love I I just I love drums so much. You That's know? good. I don't have to be in the front. I don't have to be. It's not like a big spotlight. Like I would much rather just be like in the back. Yeah, I'm not even joking. You know, and as, you as get long, a workout. Yeah, as long as long as I'm creative, you know. So, uh, okay. So, <laughs> geez, we keep we keep veering, but this is what no, happens because when I, we haven't seen each other in no, like so long. No, I know long. that's a problem when two interviewers interview. Yeah. Like, it's like, oh, but what about you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so okay. Uh, so you're so you're putting together the bands. You're you're playing around. You have the Zeppelin yeah, kind of thing. Yeah. So the Zeppelin thing. The girl was um a, like dropped out. Then we found a guy. So we're gonna do a guy girl same music. He then dropped out. And then I was like, that's it. I'm going solo. Okay. So it was still kept working with that producer. And we wrote like four, like an EP style thing, four very pop tracks, went to the UK and shopped them around, did it all independent, released the music. Um, and okay. the dance remixes actually started charting over there. No way. So I was okay. doing all these gigs, like radio tour and gigs, uh-huh. um, singing at clubs and that kind of thing. And then when the dance mixes were doing well, I was like, well, I really need to be DJing as well. Oh, yeah. Like like do one gig and then do another. Yeah. And be, yeah. and DJ with live vocals. That was my original plan. Okay. Um, But 
I ended up just preferring to DJ. I'm like, you know what? I'm done with the singing. I'm retiring my singing. And I always say, oh, I'm an ex-singer. And they're like, you're never really an ex-singer. And I'm like, I'm an ex-singer. Um, so I just DJ now, but yeah, which I love off. revving up the audience. Like I'm, I think probably because I have fronted bands, I like okay. revving up the audience. But I'm actually thinking maybe it's time to bring back the live vocals with the DJing because a few DJs are doing that now. Okay. Yeah. Um, who are like some, just, I know literally, I know nothing about that world at all. Yeah. I literally don't. I, I probably should. But like, who, who are like some DJs that made you like want to start, you know, doing it all? Yeah, probably like there's, um, an Australian twin duo, uh, called Nervo. And Never? Nervo. 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 Okay. N-E-R-V-O. Nervo. Nervo. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. I had to use the American accent. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Nervo. Okay. Yeah. And they have been real front runners in the industry. When it was all men, mm-hmm. those two girls were out there. And I think I always looked up to them with that. So. Yeah. Um, especially being Australian. They took themselves off to the UK too. You can't make it. I mean, you can, but you really do need to leave Australia. Make it overseas before you go back. You know, it's funny. I have a friend from Australia um, and he's he's just kind of like he's like working like, you know, small jobs around here. But there's this band. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. I don't know what the music scene's like in like yeah. all of, you know, uh, Australia. But he was in a band called Kiss Chasey. Oh, yeah. They're big. Really? Yeah. OK, that's sick. Yeah. So that was like, sort of my era. That indie kind of rock. Like, yeah. So yeah. my friend, my friend Daz, just like he's he's like down the street like sometimes he'll dj around here but like he's like here. in la yeah oh, he's just like he's just like chilling he's got a new band I, i'm trying to god i can't remember right now i'll have to look it up but he's got a new band he just put together and just they're just playing like you know places like silver lake lounge and like oh. club tg and it just you know small stuff but like over in australia like they're like kind of big right they could probably i don't know does he still go back and do gigs sometimes or? yeah they, they just did one yeah that he could almost do the uh but his new band it? just got a big booking agent over there and like in australia yeah, in australia but here in la like nobody knows what that is yeah i never heard of kiss jc no. until like yeah we were I, i'm not gonna say i don't want to give away his like thing but like we were we were hanging out and i met him through uh a friend of mine from that band the juliana theory uh, oh brett. yeah and so brett was like hey meet this guy daz and so we started talking and you know, he, ba- I could tell you more about it, but basically he, uh, I think they had some big hits, but I, in Australia, just, it's yeah. in the back of my mind. So I can't quite remember. There's, what there's some were. bands that like, I really liked growing up that were from Australia. Like, I oh, loved yeah. the, like the living end was really sick. Oh, they were freaking huge. So awesome. Uh, there's so we interviewed Ray Harvey, their manager. Oh really? Yeah. How was that? Oh, she had lost everything in the fires and <sighs> now looks after kangaroos. So it's a very interesting story. Yeah. She's cool. Oh man, does she does she live here now or she lives she's... in in the country in Australia? Oh okay, look, so... literally looking after kangaroos. Wow, <laughs> nuts! I don't know if she came to LA or if you yeah. did this over I Zoom. Yeah, I think or she like... did. Uh, oh, not for the interview, but I, sh- I think she did come over here for a bit and then um, yeah. gave up the music industry. Sure, <laughs> that's that's so nuts. Yeah, I, I'm trying to think. So like them and this band Frenzel Rom. Oh, uh, really, I think I do know. There's that. a yeah. yeah. Um, what are they called? Godspoon. Green, mm. Grinspoon, that's Grinspoon. it. Grinspoon, that was I said huge. Godspoon, yeah, Grinspoon. I'm thinking of all the bands that I just would even possibly know. It's uh, like late 90s. Yeah, okay. Early 2000s, late 90s to mid 2000s. Yeah, some band called like ACDC or something, <laughs> you know. Uh, Grinspoon were huge. Grinspoon, yeah. Yeah. I, I saw them play at a skate park. Oh, my God. In, in Utah. Really? So, uh, yeah, they're opening up for this band, Unwritten Law, and uh-huh. they just like, again, there's like, Really, like nobody there. It was probably like 200, 300 Because were they big here? Or? No. Ah. <laughs> you know, but the but the living end, they started getting momentum. But it's just like, it's got to be so hard for bands from Australia, I, I feel like. Yeah. like the flights are super expensive. You got to come over here. You can only like, come for three months unless yeah. you get no visa. And yeah, yeah. it's like you, uh, all those, a bit the same with the sport, but at least there's a scene in for music in Australia. That's so nuts. Yeah, I've, I've only been to a few places in Australia. I've only been down there twice, but um, I, I did like. My first and last sound wave. Oh, did you do that yeah. with Jess? Uh, no, no, I didn't. Uh, I that would have been so rad. She it, did sound wave. Yeah, this was in 2015, and like we found out the guy that like didn't pay any of the bands. Oh, or, that's right. You know, <laughs> it was like, how are you supposed to? And like everybody, it, that that's that's like a whole other story. Every band was getting like their own hotel room. Like everybody from like you know, like oh, no. sound guys, the guitar techs, everybody was getting their own room. But we were like, this is so sick and, to like, get reimbursed. Well, yeah, I mean, like we weren't. I don't think we were buying it, but it was just like the promoter's like, okay, everybody gets their own room, and you're gonna have you're all flying on this like airplane together, like oh. around the country 
you know, and you it look was just, lovely. Yeah, it was just it was real. It was like a fucking weird time, you know. So that was like that was like eight years ago now, which is just like so. Oh my god, that feels further away than it was. Yeah. yeah. So. Oh god. Okay, so so we're back to. I'm so sorry. We just keep, <laughs> but this is great though. I I love jumping on tangents. So you're in Australia. You're you're playing around. Yeah, so doing... I I go to the UK then and After release. The, yeah. yeah, I release the the pop songs over uh-huh. there. They start charting. I then go. Actually, I need to be in. I think I need to be in LA. Mm-hmm. Um, but I couldn't get a visa. But then I got all this publicity because I was a lawyer and a singer. Okay. Like for some reason, the media was really fascinated with by day. She's wearing a wig and in court, and then she rips off her robes and she's in hot pants on stage. That's literally what the headlines are oh saying. Oh my god! <laughs> it was all over the media. Yeah, but that meant I could get my yes. visa here. Yes, hundred percent. So with the charting songs and that, right? And yes, and then I moved here. And then, then you can. So how, how long have you been here now? Seven years. Seven oh, years? maybe eight years. You liking it? Yeah, I love it because everyone's in entertainment in some ways. Sure. Well, it feels like it. So, like, if you're starting out being, like, a DJ, I mean, like, what what kind of... Because right now, like, I'm learning how to use this program called Ableton. And oh, I'm putting yes. it together, like, live sets for uh, for bands and for people. Yeah. So, I mean, like, what kind of programs do you use? Or, like, what would you recommend for somebody that's, like, wanting to... To start? Yeah. Um. Yeah, definitely get on Ableton. Yeah, um, that's what I'm doing. Yep. yep. And Ableton, when I first started using it, I was like, I do not understand this. Like I understand Pro Tools or Logic more than I understand what the hell is going on with Ableton with the two screens. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then um yeah. I I did a course with Tool Room Records. Okay. And it was a three month intensive, really intense it was. And it happened to fall just when COVID was hitting. I had already signed up for it. Mm. And so then I all it was all online. Okay. And um suddenly I all of a sudden I knew how to use Ableton. It was okay. weird. Like cool. And um, then for DJing, I use a record box, which is where you can organize all the songs, put the cue points in. I like uh, record box. I haven't really used Serato. So they're the two options. Okay. That's for setting up your sets. Sure. Yeah. And are you creating like all of your sounds and everything like on Ableton? Yes. And then you're just bouncing all the files to? To wherever, yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's a program. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, I'm. I'm about. Let's see. I'm. I'm like two days into learning it, and oh. I, I feel like like just for like setting up like people's like live show. Like so, if I'm a, I should have done this a long time ago, right? Yeah. But there is there is this thing called ego, and so <laughs> I just I you know. But now and today, it's like oh, I got to play drums, and know how to work people's tracks. Yes. Okay. Yep. So I just took I just took my sweet ass time. Just I mean I, I know how to do logic and stuff. No, I was know, gonna say don't you use use logic. I do use yeah. logic to like record like you know podcasts and, yeah. and things like that, and I'll edit in, inside of logic. So I, I know how to do that stuff. But like there's there's a lot that like I don't know how to do still. I mean I can record myself playing drums. Yeah. I can send drum files to people. Oh, I've done, I've done yeah. that. But like you know when we're talking about just uh, creating. You know, sound banks that are existing in like side of Ableton. I have fucking no, I have no idea what I'm doing. But I'm also like now just learning. Okay, if people give me stems, yeah, I could put it on the Ableton and just like yeah, you know. And you can, I mean, the the creative process is meant to be better in Ableton because you can do the loops. Mm -hmm. Um, but I don't really use it that way. I use it more like I would use Logic. Yeah. So I mean, do you? you, I don't use it live live at all. You're you're only using it to create. Yeah, I need to create. Um. If I'm doing the live vocals in the future, maybe I will with effects and stuff if I don't want to rely on a sound engineer. Right. Because, okay. you know. <laughs> yeah, no, I, for sure. Like, you can't always rely on the sound engineer. No. Yeah, I mean, like, I've always tried to, like, you know, even if, like, I'm making, like, a new band or coming from the ground up or whatever it is, I always try to, like, make sure that we have, like, even if it means that, like, we're losing money that night or something, yeah. I always try to make sure I have, like, a sound guy with me. Oh, that so just, important. just knows, yeah. yeah. Just, like, that knows what's going on. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, there's some part of my brain that just, I mean, I, I, I'm going to get it eventually, but there's just some part of my brain with, like, Ableton right now. I'm like, oh, my God. There's so much, like, I don't understand. No, but. I know. I Especially if you're using it for live, that's, but there's so much on YouTube now. Yeah. I know. I, everybody keeps saying there's this great new school called YouTube University, and <laughs> I just, uh, I don't know. I just haven't done it yet. I'm more of like an on, you know, on deck, like in person, hands on. Yeah, make a mistake. Why do I make that mistake? Yeah. Yeah. Like, like my girlfriend, right? She'll, um, like, she made she made this TikTok, and it's like, 
this guy's trying to explain like how to put everything together and then it just like it pans to her just like kind of like a dead face like what <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah that's how you and, feel right yeah exactly <laughs> and so she she killed she killed the video just it just made me laugh so hard uh-huh. but um but yeah that's that's kind of that's kind of i feel like i'm in elementary school when it, when it comes to that stuff so i'm just always curious like how long it takes people to like do their craft and how you know you got into djing it's just like that's yeah. so cool well djing i was i just taught myself and just yeah. practiced it for hours and hours and hours. Mostly it's getting used to the gear. Well, mm. once you can use one deck, you can pretty much use them all, but um, it's right. better when, like when you go into the clubs, they've got standard decks. They're all, yeah. it's nearly always the same mm-hmm. and you put your USB in. Mm-hmm. So the files are on the USB yep. and you play off that. Some people use a computer and plug it into the CDJs, mm-hmm. but then you for me, it's another thing that can crash. Okay. So yes, you've got maybe some options there for creativity, but so it's all like, I mean, when when you put when you're putting your tracks onto these things, it's all like kind of predetermined. Is that? Uh not well. You I you can do some stuff on the fly, but there's like kind of like a set list order because like. I, well, I will usually like in the old days, people would have a crate of records. Yeah, yeah. and now I would have a crate, which yeah, would yeah, be yeah. A folder. It's on, on a sheet. Yeah, it's, yeah. On, it's on not the sheet. Sorry, it's on like a. A template of some sort. Well, yeah, yeah. A, it'll just be a folder and in record box and in in that folder will be maybe, you know, uh, like six hours of songs, not in order, but that I think are going to maybe work for the venue. Mm. And then I would um, just be randomly picking songs out of that that I think are going to work in that moment. Right. So I don't, do, even if you put it in order, you're never going to stick to it. Right. You usually try and get the first three songs in order, that's it. Okay. Well, hey, we have to go to one quick cool. commercial break. Yes. And then when we come back, I want to keep, t- this is so fascinating to me. I want to keep talking about all this stuff. So, okay, we'll be right back with uh, DJ Bowie Jane right here on Adobe Radio. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're back. Dude, Bowie, that was such a crazy story. Why didn't you tell me that earlier? Oh, <laughs> uh, you know, I'm just keeping them off air. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, I'm just kidding. I, I do that to, um, I do, do that, that to every, to yes. Uh, it's not funny anymore. I it's joined just, in just in case. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I am funny, aren't I? Yeah. <laughs> no, but I mean, like, I've done, I think, I think you and I were talking about this, like, last week, yeah. where we, where we sort of caught up, but it was like, I, I've done, like, 130 of these, yep. 100 something. Yeah. I've done that bit on every show. Oh, there, my God. Every single one. And it's, like, not funny. Does, but do people go, what? Yeah. <laughs> or you have some that like pretend that like we just like uh they're like uh yeah anyway so and I'm like no I'm like dude I'm just fucking with you and I, it's just have fun you know we're yeah. we're just in here like we're we're just you know we're in this cool new room I guess yeah the studio looks amazing I remember I was supposed to do a podcast in here um, I was supposed to have this guy on from there's this band called Fear Factory I don't know if you know them like uh, a new metal band I might get him on the show again but I was just like hey you want to come by Adobe and check it out. He's like, yeah, sure, dude. Sounds good. <laughs> I come in here, and they're doing, like, all sorts of construction on this thing. Oh, on, on so it wasn't studio. done. No. And I felt so bad, and I sent him video. I'm like, dude, I'm not trying to, like, cancel on <laughs> you, but here here it is. I mean, I could do it from my house, but I, I like coming here. Just it gives me like yeah. a uh, it gives me a sense of purpose. And then look at your dog. Your dog is so incredible, just sleeping. <laughs> I wish yeah. people could see this right now, but oh, She's and then the so little, little nose cute. just moved. Oh, she <laughs> see do- animals know when we're talking about them. And she blends right into the couch. She She's the exact same color. <laughs> I love it. But that's funny you say yeah. that about this studio because mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I, we had an. It, I can't remember who it was, but we had someone reasonably important coming for an interview. Yeah. And I was like, oh, cool. It's the new studio, whatever. Yeah. But oh, no, actually, I didn't know fully. I walk in and there was like boxes everywhere. And Shit, I was like, yeah. oh, no. Uh-huh. And then I walked in here. I was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> but I was like, oh, because I had, I had only finished it the day before. But. Yeah. Okay, so so going back to all this like DJ stuff. Yeah. So when you got to LA, did you know like anyone here because when i moved to la i didn't know like one fucking person not one person okay i'm trying to think so like how did did you navigate that well it's like i mean i'm sure you have friends back home who were like probably like oh maybe you should go hang out with this or go here no i mean there was the old person who said that and it was kind of useless okay you know what la is like i think you need to be friends with people Mm -hmm. um for they for them to want to hang with you or to want to work with you (laughs) So yeah, it's very much a network. Place. We call that sometimes we call that the B, B uh, sorry the BBD. Oh, what's that? The bigger, better deal. Yeah, I right. Hate that shit so yeah. much. Everybody deserves a chance. Everybody deserves to like be heard. Yeah, especially coming uh, from Australia, like yeah, like a foreign. It's like you know, as you know it, like a foreign country. Yeah, yeah. And but the 
fun. Someone said something to me within the first three months of me being here. He goes, hey, I've been here for 10 years and I don't – when I first got here, I was handing out my business card to everyone and then I re- didn't realise for like seven till seven years in that it doesn't work like that in LA. It's just who you know and da 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 yeah. Forget the business card. And I, I yeah. always remember that because I think it's true. And it doesn't hit to like – now I've been here seven or eight years. Oh, I know people now. Yeah. But like it takes a while. It takes so long. Yeah. I've been here for 20 years, but I, I got here in 20. 03. Yeah. I got here in 03. I mean, I had like, I want to say I kind of had a little bit of an advantage because right when I got out of high school, I played for an all-girl punk rock band. Oh. I I t- did I tell you this? Maybe you don't know that. But I, I might have been drunk. Called, uh, that's all right. <laughs> no, I don't know if I told you. Yeah, I was in this band called the Eyeliners. Oh. They're all, they're all girls from Albuquerque. They're all sisters. The drummer was also the lead singer, but they wanted to move her up her, up to the front because, you know, they wanted oh to sing. to sing. Yeah. Yeah. So, because, like, I mean, I saw them in clubs when she was playing drums and on the vocals. Oh. And, like, you'd be looking around like, who's singing? Oh, wait, it's the drummer? Which was which was It's badass. cool, but it's visually right. not yeah, awesome. The way they set it up, it just, it didn't, I guess it didn't translate or something. But yeah. um, they called me up and were like, hey, we want you. And, I, again, I've always been, like, the young guy on the gig, like, until maybe recently, you know? <laughs> um but yeah, it's like I was like eighteen, fresh out of high school. Ah. I did the, I did the entire Warp tour, like sharing. So a bus. straight away, yes. Well, that is good. Right when I graduated high school, I got super lucky. But I also so you then know, you I, know people. Yeah, I I mean I met people that summer, but again I was just like this annoying little fucking eighteen year old <laughs> running around with like you know my my pants over my head going blah you know just like <laughs> like look at me you know like hey guys it's, it was like a it was like a playground because oh, I just every band that I. That I grew up listening to was like That's on the amazing. tour. That's amazing. You know, so I mean, like I, it, I feel like I got my foot in the door a little bit, but yeah. then once the tour ended, like it all ended. You know, so oh, then it was yeah. like I was like, okay, I think I should try to move to Los Angeles. And oh, that's, so that's you what hadn't moved that yet? No. Okay. And so like I, I moved. That gig ended for me like because I already knew going into it, I wasn't going to be like their permanent guy. They yeah. told me that from the start. Oh, they're they're okay. like, we just want you for like this one tour, and if like something comes along, like. You know, pretty soon after, we'll we'll use you then as well. Yeah. And I was like, okay, cool. And so then I only got to do it like in 2002. So yeah. I did two tours with them, and they they would ask me to come back again. I didn't go back because of like life stuff and yeah, you know, um, and finances and crap. But like, I ended up, you know, just taking a chance, and I moved out to LA. I didn't know one fucking person out here. Actually, you know how I met Jess? Yeah, tell me. Um, I would, I would love CrossFit. to learn. <laughs> No way. That's sick. That's like, awesome. Everywhere I've gone in the world. So I was songwriting in Sweden for a bit and London and wherever. Everywhere I've gone, I go to the CrossFit, you meet people. Instant network of people. Like instant friends. And you're all probably A type yeah. because you're doing CrossFit. So No, I yeah, I don't I don't CrossFit. But I what I was gonna say is I have um a friend of mine that's so weird. There's this band called Animals as Leaders. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, he does he comes to my CrossFit. Oh ri- Javier? Yeah. Wait a minute. Yeah. Okay, so then my other friend who's from Australia, who I went to high school with, who was, you know, he lives, he was from Utah. Like, we went to high school together in Utah, but he's originally also from Australia. Oh. His name is Matt Waite. No way. And did do you know Matt? Yeah, because he said to me, oh, how do you know Ryan? This is at CrossFit. What the fuck? I didn't know this. <laughs> Wait, this is real? Okay. This is in Studio City, right? Yeah. Yeah. So- and he said that to me the other day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh my so see see how small the world is we're just we're just like because i was gonna say the story is like yeah you know my friend matt you know who would never in a million years meet a guy like javier yeah you know they met at crossfit and like they're buddies and i'm like there's no fucking way literally that yeah. like these two people would ever fucking meet anywhere else unless no. like there was a common denominator that's right i know it's crazy you're blowing my mind so <laughs> so yeah. then i met and it, Je- I didn't even know Jess was in music. She didn't know yeah. I was in music. We literally would work out and then go drink. But we never sort of, because I don't, she must have been in between tours. Or, oh, yeah. the Somerset had just finished. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I didn't even know anything about the Somerset. Sure. Like, it's not my different genre. genre yeah, yeah, different music, different people. So yeah. n- didn't know who she was, didn't know who the Somerset were, and didn't even know she was in music, but fun to drink with. Yeah, sure. <laughs> 100%. I mean, look. One of the first times I really got to know you was we we drank together yeah. at like a fucking su- like a sushi restaurant or yeah. something, right? Yeah, it's gone now. That place. Yeah, I mean, you know what? That place when I moved to LA, it used to be called Sushi Dan. Oh. And when you go inside, of the, it's the same spot. Rock and roll sushi. Yeah, yeah. rock and roll. So, so when you when you went inside though, just the decor was different and everything, and so yeah. that was like my. Uh, 
Because it was it was like moderately priced, you know. So that oh, was like my first like date spot with like oh, a girl. <laughs> that was like my rock and roll is cheap. Yeah, now yeah now it is. But I mean like it, like when you went inside though, like you could see the view of like you know there's like mountains with like lights and it, oh, just, it yeah. looked it looked like kind of cool, you know. So that every was, girl that stayed is going what? <laughs> <laughs> but it wasn't called it wasn't called that back then. It was just, it was different. It was just a different time. This is yeah. probably in like the. Uh, the 2000s. Well, it shut down after COVID and they put a sign on the door saying, we've been kicked out. No way. Yeah. Oh my God. Because it was like so cheap. Your whole bill would be $30 and yeah. you just smash it. Yep. Like drinking like, what was it, like $5 sakis or yeah. like, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember, I remember very well. Uh, I, I got, I got, uh, I got sober after that. Oh. <laughs> Uh, like quite a, a few of my friends have ended up in rehab after hanging yeah. with me. So. No, you're, <laughs> hey, you know what, you, you are, you are so fortunate that you can only have a few drinks. Yeah. I am the kind of person where if I just go, Black I, there's, yeah, there's no end. Yeah. You know, and then, and then like I say dumb things or like. I get like depressed or yeah, sad. It's not and they start, it. start thinking like, inter- you know, it's like also I, I the anxiety the next day. Yeah, gets then, worse as you get older. And then you you wake up and you're like, oh, what uh, what did I do last night? Wait, I did that. No way. Yeah, what did I do? And oh shit, I spent all that money. Yeah, that too. Yeah, like, two, and, two and oh, things. I feel sick. Yeah. <laughs> so you're yeah. So luck, lucky to you that yeah. you you don't have that problem. <laughs> no, no. So. I, I can. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so in moderation, <laughs> in I can definitely yeah. in moderation. But that's how we met, and you know, I, I think I met a lot of my friends through, through just going out, yeah, and drinking and being, yep. you know, at shows or whatever else. But like, yeah, because I met I met you through Jess. But um, we hit the town in Nashville. Yes, and we also hit the town in Nashville. <laughs> I'm trying to remember where we went. Was, was it that... was it Rebar? Was it yes, the spot? Rebar? Okay. Yeah, because my friend Nikki at the time she. Now she's it's it's like a whole it's a whole web of things. But like my friend Nikki uh, oh, was tour with me. Yeah, and uh, she was doing merch for one of my bands. She blonde? No, uh, she might oh, have been back Nikki then. Not Nikki Ricky. No, no, no. Uh, her her name's now Nicole Skirmont. But she that. uh she worked at she worked at that rebar place and man she would she would hook it up. You know, yeah. there'd be nights where I might have not even had to pay. <laughs> you know, just walk out of Very there. Very affordable. Get an get an Uber and go go <laughs> fuck right off. So. Yep. Um, okay, so you're so you're in LA. You, you meet you meet Jess at CrossFit. I mean, like, how long do you think it took for you to get in a rhythm of like, hey, I have like like a friend group, or, or I mean, I don't even know if I really have a friend group. No, I mean, like, I always wonder because I think when you when you're a teenager, you have your school or you the people you grew up with, yeah, and maybe like in your party days, you have your people, yeah. and then as an adult, you're you get everyone gets busy and they're working, especially in music. Everyone's right. touring and stuff, so. Yep. Um, yeah, I feel like I've got a few solid friends here. I've got a lot, I know a lot of people. Right. But I, I don't feel like I've got the same friendship group I have at home. I don't think. Sure. Yeah. I mean, Jess is probably my closest mate here, to be honest. Definitely. Because I spend so much time with her. So, well, when she's here. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So, 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 so I mean, like how, how long were you in LA before you guys met? Uh, good question. Like I think I've known years? her for four years or four something. Years. Okay. So, yeah. So you were here for three years, kind of just doing whatever. I mean, like, how are you getting your? Because again, like, same same thing with me. I just moved out here. I didn't know a fucking person. Yeah, like, and also are, earning, earning money. How do you right? Earn, yeah. So like, bartending. Yeah. So so you're doing that. When I first when I first moved out here, I was working at a um at a film vault. Oh. I was living in Orange County because I when I moved to LA, I just like I just joined the band, and and from there I was work, you know I was working at like 5 in the morning until 1 in the afternoon. Oh. I was working in Hollywood, but gas was also like a dollar a gallon. Right. Back then. Yeah. Much better. <laughs> you know, now it's like four four or five times the amount. <laughs> but like I it was okay to drive up from Orange County and the traffic wasn't bad. Oh, really? Yeah, like 20 years ago. So That's amazing. Yeah, so I mean like I guess from there for you like how are you able to get your shows and how are you able to get like known yeah, it's just, here it's, in LA? Cuz no one gives a shit about your history overseas. So, like, I'd done all these big stages in the UK, like really big stages. I'd done big gigs in Australia, had had charting songs in the UK. Literally no one gives a shit. So I had to start from scratch, which was literally going to venues and asking if I could DJ. Okay. But you know, but you know how to do it, though. I and think that the thing is, is, is it's a kind of quick because I'd already done it a right. million times before. Yes. Even for the duo and the band stuff in Australia, that w- initially I was hitting up venues, and then you've got enough gigs, you're bouncing mm-hmm. off those gigs. 
I knew how to do that from my band days. Yeah. So, yeah. So I just did the same thing here and at start again. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. But bartended to make some money on the mm-hmm. side. Now the gigs, there's enough gigs. So. Yeah. So, I mean, like, how are you able to keep it all straight? I mean, like, are you are you touring around right now? Or, like, what's, what's like, coming up for, you know, yeah, the, well, for DJ Bowie? <laughs> the, the last year... Um, one of your mates, Josh, has been booking yeah. me for all these open format gigs. So, um, yeah, sure. Yeah. And they have been really big venues and just revving up the audience, a bit of a hype girl with mm-hmm. it. So, yeah, I remember seeing like on the internet, like, yeah, my buddy Josh was just like, Hey, I'm looking for like, yes. you know, a female DJ who knows how to just like, you know, knows these s- styles of music. Yeah. And, uh, and I was like. You know what? I should put I should put them two in touch. Yeah, so you put us in touch. Yeah. He calls. I chat with him. They explain what the gig is. I'm like, yeah, okay, cool. Not really understanding that these were like <laughs> venues with sixteen hundred people. Yeah, like, um, which is awesome because the bigger the stage, the better, as far as I'm concerned. Sure. But um, yeah. So, <laughs> and I think they were kind of new to these particular gigs at the time too. They'd never seen me play. So you guys are kind of like teamed up then. Yeah, so ish. Just, I yeah, mean, okay. they're running it. Yeah. They'd never seen me play. They book me for like all these big, or like heaps of gigs. All That's in great. All. Yeah. I love that. That mean, that literally <laughs> means that people will take people's words seriously. If yeah. You, if you just, you just throw them just out there like, hey, probably... they, this person does this. <laughs> yeah. You know? So and they have no idea. Like, yeah. Like somebody can be like, hey, Ryan, Ryan can play drums, but then it's like, okay, we're going to believe that person's word because, and they might not have any fucking idea. You know what? Yeah. One time that bit me in the ass. I... <laughs> Oh, did you recommend I, someone? No, I had somebody like I had like a. This is what I learned too is like a guy who's like a. I'm not gonna throw anybody under the bus or anything. I'm just saying like there's a there's a guy who's like he's very sweet. Yeah. Tour manager, sound guy. He was like, I have a friend that could play drums. Like I needed somebody to cover for me on a gig. Oh, you needed someone to cover for you. Yes, correct. And I'm like <gasps> I'm like who the hell do I know? Okay. And so this so this like this tour manager that was gonna be with us, your or the band I was like helping out. Uh, was like, oh, I have this guy. Yeah. And he came in and he just like, just wasn't having it. It was just like, Terrible. I'm like, this is not going to. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, did you catch it before he ended up on uh, yeah, the gig? Yeah. So there was like rehearsals and I'm like, what the fuck am I going <gasps> to do? And so one of my like buddies covered, you know. Yeah. I mean, I had to miss, I missed like, I don't know, five shows with, with this like one band. Like oh, over the course of like 2021. Because like, I don't know if people like really know this, but like I've been kind of a guy that just like. Uh, likes to play with everybody. Yeah, you know, I want to be like like Josh Freeze. Now I know that he was with like the Foo Fighters and all that stuff, but like, you know, Josh made a career of just playing. Yeah, with every band ever, and that's what Jess likes doing. Yeah, yeah. And it's fun, and you don't, and you could just be mindless. You don't have to do the fucking, you know, you don't have to do the meet and greets, and you don't have to like sign yeah. the autographs. You could just be, you could just still get just to play do music. Your, yeah. You don't have to organize anything. Like I've done all that stuff already. Yeah. You know, so like it doesn't it, it doesn't matter to me what comes next. As long you as know? you're on stage, you don't care. Correct. Yeah. yeah. And it doesn't. And to me, I just I love music so much that it doesn't matter if it's like two hundred people. Yeah. Doesn't matter if it's two thousand. Yep. Twenty thousand. Whatever yeah. it is, it's just like I I live to play. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. That's li- that's literally, and it's always been like that. I've been in huge bands, small bands. Like it, it doesn't matter. Yeah. You know. So I mean, I think that's the best mentality to have if you're. Even trying to grow your like uh your musical oh, yeah. repertoire. Oh yeah, I know? was chatting with um the past guests. Um, they were saying that someone saw them at a gig. There was no one in the audience. They were on so mm-hmm. early, and most people might be just playing it down. Or whatever yeah. they did, a full on performance. It was an agent who happened to see them, signed them. And William the Morris. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, you've always got to be on. Yeah, yeah, always. Yeah, I mean, I remember like how I got my career. Like I. Just again, like booked like a self tour, like you know, self booked yep. thing with, with one of my old bands in Salt Lake. The eyeliners just happened to be in the audience. There was like fifteen people. Oh, is people. that how that happened? Yeah, I mean, we were like the like this band I was in. We were called the Teen Tragedies, and <laughs> everybody like that would come to town in Utah. We were the opening band. Oh, like, for, for like a bunch of like the, the cool. bigger punk bands. Yeah, because like we worked really hard and yeah. we're trying to get people to come out to the shows, and that's how we got. And it was like also because of who we knew and. You know, if the genre is like in the same kind of sphere. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I mean, it's just it's so fun to just like look back and reflect like how you got from like point A. Oh yeah. To point B. And also the the theories that you apply to getting from point A to point B work mm-hmm. in every country. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I can tell you that. And um, yeah, it's all about freaking 
it's networking, but I don't go to an event and hand out a business card. No. Then I don't even think you should think of it as networking. It's more like you have friends and people that you like hanging out with and then things just like you referring that was just a freaking fluke. Like Sure, yeah. And then I got to do these awesome gigs. So Yeah, definitely. And that was, you know, from rock and roll sushi. Right it's from rock and roll <laughs> sushi. That's right. All right. Well we have we have to take one more commercial All break. Right. And when we come I'll back, tell you we a got, joke. Okay. We got back uh <laughs> when we come back we got DJ Bowie Jane here on Adobe Radio and uh yeah, stay tuned. <laughs> 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 All right, you got me. You got me. Ah, <laughs> oh, damn it. You got you got to me before uh, I can get to you. <laughs> All right, so what was that joke? Um No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I honestly that that entire uh, you know, commercial break uh you know, Bowie and I were just doing nothing. <laughs> yeah. It was just we were just sitting in silence. I was looking at you for the first time you're going to move and so I that look- I could then <laughs> make the joke first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was just I was looking at the time clock, you know. You had the advantage. I do I do have the advantage yeah. right now. <laughs> um so I mean like what what else what can you talk about that uh maybe you have coming up the rest of this year? I think this this episode is coming out in August. Oh, cool. Is there is there anything that you have that that people should come check out or do you have anything that is going to be released or Well, I I just um, DJed at EDC in Vegas, and holy shit! Um, I got a small side stage at EDC hotels, like, um, but it was just such a thrill to perform there yeah. and be interviewing there. I've met some amazing people there, and hearing how people have got their gigs there, it's mm-hmm. given me a little bit of a different approach with it all. So, um, cool. I've maybe got some TV stuff coming up. And if and I've also just sort of been chatting with a manager. Okay. So, so are you are you like booking yourself and I, like you're you're doing all of everything is like kind of like DIY or like what's yeah. The... So Josh books a lot of my gigs. Okay. But I don't have an official uh, sure. like thing with him. Um. So yeah, I'm essentially booking my own gigs. Like I just did Dodger Stadium. Booked it. That's. CrossFit, no joke. That's crazy. Someone That's at so CrossFit, awesome. and I've done that for five years now, that gig, but he yeah. literally hadn't seen me DJ. And he goes, Do you want to play that, at Dodger is Stadium? Is that, is that Pride over there? Yeah. That's cool. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, it's fun. It's like right down the street for me. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, have to, I'll have to come check that out. Oh, next I should have. Yeah, go Yeah, what are you doing, Bowie? Yeah. I'm, li- I'm living right in that area <laughs> and everything. You should have just called me. I would have came there in five seconds. Yeah. Literally, I could just like ride a bird over <laughs> there or, or a Lyft or an Uber or whatever the fuck yeah, they want to call. A bird, you know. that's hilarious. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a scooter. Yeah. Um, yeah, so with the manager, we've been talking about strategy and I've got a real vision for my brand and where I want to head with things, especially if the TV stuff happens. But um, it's just a matter of getting someone else to believe in what your vision is. So sure. Which isn't easy, especially being from another country. So. Yeah, it is, it is quite difficult. I was going to say there's this band that I really like. And they're huge, literally everywhere. Yeah. About America. Yeah. They're called, they're called Biffy Clyro. Have right. you heard of them? No. Crazy. So, I mean, like in, in, in like London or wherever the hell, like in, in England, yeah. you know, they can, they can play stadiums. Oh, wow. And then they come to That's America huge. and they can now, I, can, I used to say the Roxy, but now they can play the Fonda. Oh, wow. So they, they've, they've kind of like gone up, but I'm just, I'm so like flabbergasted on how different it really is. Like, I'm yeah. sure like a band. Like the living end can go play for thousands and thousands of people a night in yeah in Australia, and then they come here and they play for fucking five hundred people. Yeah, it's like or like know. our friend, our friend and uh, Daz in in Kiss Chasey. It's just, yeah, it's like exactly. Same shit. It's fucking so bizarre. Yeah, it's so hard to get people to see the vision, and also people like if I send a cold email, say to a booking agent, because I don't have a booking agent. Um, if I say, oh, you know, I'm, I'm interested in being on your books. You've got this artist that's similar to me, blah, blah, blah. I've done this, 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 this. All booked myself, but I don't say that. Yeah. Um, and they're like, oh, yeah, let us know when you're uh, making 5000 a gig and we'll talk. <laughs> and I'm just like, dude, you basically want to finish product. If I'm doing that, I'm not going to need an agent. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, like, it's like a label almost too. Yeah. You know, it's like if you're already creating all the things on your own, like why would you? I mean, I think the only reason why you would need – 
an agent or anything else. It's just to get you like to the the next. Exactly. Or to be thing. an opener for someone big. Perhaps. Yeah, they're, they're like, let us know when you're making five G's a night, so that you know maybe we can make you then ten. Yes. Or whatever, and they're still I mean, not doing anything. They're, I get they're just it. Filtering emails. Yeah, I get you know? it. But this, but it's ridiculous. Right. Like it's yeah. But anyway, so I've been chatting with this girl who's really really keen. So this might be exactly what I've been wanting. I I am so curious to hear. You know how that how that turns out for you, and I, yeah. I I wish you nothing but the best. Obviously, yeah, she, but, she's um, super focused. Yeah, um, has already, you know, she's like we did a video call. She had notes, mm-hmm. or questions ready to go. I was like, this is how I would do it, right? Yeah, and then real quick, I mean, we have like we have like eight minutes left oh, on the good. show. No, okay. it's it's all good. I was just gonna say, um, tell me real quick about like how and why you came up with uh, your show, Babes Behind the Beat. Oh, so um. Well, this was literally uh-huh. at the start of COVID. Yep. So all Jess's gigs had been cancelled. I mm-hmm. had no, no gigs as well. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden we had nothing on. So we're just at home. And I said, oh, do you want to, maybe we should do like a radio show. I think we chatted about it. Yeah. But we'll just drink. Like, okay. yeah. like who cares? We'll just yeah. have fun. <laughs> sure. Yep. And she's okay. like, yeah, right. And so we didn't know what we're doing or mm-hmm. really what our angle was. And then we're like, oh, we should it maybe we just interview females because that's an interesting, you know, sure. to find out how females have done in the industry. And then we we sort of really started to narrow it down to like people behind the scenes and on stage. Mm-hmm. Not so it's, it's interesting to hear how a manager got their break yeah. in the industry, 100%. how a sound engineer or a drummer or whatever. So, um, yeah, so we've done that, and I think we've done like 150 episodes or something. Yeah. So we basically started in COVID. And I think Tom had spoken to Jess before about Adobe, mm-hmm. or maybe it was totally. you actually. I yeah, I, she was. You know what's funny? She actually, was it was first, you. I think she was the first drummer I've ever had on my podcast. Ah, oh, do I owe yeah. my whole life to you? <laughs> <laughs> I don't. No, I don't think so. I <laughs> I think what you owe your life to is you being really good at what you do. And then also having that spark of luck that every musician yes, need needs the spark to, of luck, yeah. to get to wherever it is. But you're right. You also need to be like not an idiot. Like, right. Yeah. That too. Yeah. I mean, again, a lot of it, I feel like a lot of it is like right place, right time. I mean, I've been in bands that like where I thought the songs were really fucking great and just nobody. Yeah. Nobody cared at the time. Yeah. Or whatever. And it's just and I, what I've also learned is like people really like people really like a story. Yeah. People really like, or or they like to see some sort of like struggle, and then there's like triumph, oh. like oh right, like he went through it or she went through 100%. it, hundred percent. And I mean, I got to be honest, a lot of my career, half of my career has been, and you probably don't even know this, like I've had, um, I've had a woman in probably ha- more than half of the bands I've been in. Oh, so I mean, I definitely understand the struggles that come come with that, yeah, as well. I yeah, th- I think I think women have to work twice as hard as any man yep. in the in the industry. Well, you also, sp- you like, especially in male sort of like drumming where it's more male. Or yeah. DJing, definitely more male. You really have to like have to make out. sure that you know what you're doing because people yeah. are automatically going to assume you don't know what you're doing. So Yeah, which is so fucked up. I don't know why there's like that. Um, like prejudice. But I yeah. actually, I have the prejudice too. Like I was saying in my last interview, Hey, when a DJ comes on, if he's male, I assume he knows what he's doing. <laughs> that okay. is ridiculous. Like right. just because he's male, I assume he knows what he's doing. And I've had situations which have really gone wrong because the guy didn't mm-hmm. know what he's doing, but I just assumed he did because he he's male. Oh, like when you're like on like the same. Like set when we're doing a switch bill. over, he oh, pulled okay. my USB out that I was <laughs> playing off. I and <laughs> he goes, oh, I'm just gonna put mine there. I go, No, no, I'm playing off that. I go, if you pull that out, all the music goes. But he should uh, know that, eh? Mm-hmm. But then, um, is that yeah. an earthquake? No, oh. I don't think so. Oh. <laughs> maybe. I don't know. Uh, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't see anything move or anything, <laughs> but maybe, who knows? Yeah. Um, and then, uh, yeah, and then five minutes later, he pulls the USB out. And uh, it goes into an emergency loop on the decks when that happens. <sighs> and, like, the, the promoter comes running out. Oh, what the hell? I go, dude, he pulled my USB out. That's so fucking nuts. Yeah, so I, how did we get onto that? But. I don't know. We were talking about how, like, it's it's harder for, for uh, women to, oh, be, yeah. to be a music, but then you just Oh, and assume, then the, the radio show. Right, yes. yeah, and the radio show. Um, I mean, like, what kind, what kind of guests have you had? Like, who are some, like, heavy hitters that you've had? I mean, if you could think about it, because, you know, you and I have done yeah, so many never of these. Remember. You're like, oh, <laughs> and it's just like, because we're turning in I literally so can only remember who I just interviewed. Yeah, right? Uh, well, we've had um, Cassidy Pope on, 
we've had people that this station. I might just know ran about. into her in Nashville, of all places. Well, she, and she, yeah. didn't she do something in the I studio? I think so. Yeah. yeah, I've been seeing that on on the internet as well. Yeah, I, she came up to me at a bar, and I just I didn't even recognize her at first. It literally took me like three seconds to clock it. Because uh. I was just like, who's this for? Oh, my God, it's Cassidy. Hi, yeah. Cassidy. And she brought out one of my earlier bands, like, when she was in that band, Hey, Monday. Oh, yeah. Like, this band that I, I had ended up joining, and we were still kind of new. We just needed to get, like, a tour, and, like, she was a she was a champion for my band. Oh. So she's, like. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. I think she's great. But, um, um, we've had uh, Karina Depiano. Okay. Who plays keys for Taylor Swift? That's insane. That's an insane gig. Okay. Yeah. Um. I just interviewed Coco and Breezy, who are upcoming DJs, but they're going to be massive in about a month. Okay. Like, literally, there. So you're on everywhere. the cutting edge of like who's who's yeah. going to be. Yeah. So we have it. a mix. We do throw in some DJs too, because obviously I'm interested in that yeah. side of things. But um, yeah. I literally we've had. I can't remember. People can, go, people can go check it out. It's it's on Adobe. Babes Behind the Beats. Babe yeah, Babes Behind the Beats. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we we We've have, had so many guests. Yeah, we we have we have like two minutes left. Uh, what for anybody that's listening? What what are some of your tags that people can uh, find you? Yeah, on Instagram, I'm DJ Bowie Jane. TikTok DJ Bowie Jane and my Twitter just got hacked, so I had to. Mine too. Did it? And there's all this crypto shit on there now. Oh, yours is crypto. Mine... They put like, four, and then it got suspended. Mine was uh, MacBooks and PS5s. Oh, so have you got access again? No, no. And I and the I've... person that like okay, and then I also got like this is a conversation <laughs> we need to have, but the person that did it, they they got like I I have like everybody has WhatsApp, so I I looked at WhatsApp. Somebody from like an Australian number. Or like a Singapore Bloody somewhere, Australians. they were like, "Give us three fifty, we'll give you your account back." And I'm like, "What? what? Yeah, I have it. I'll show it to you after the show." <gasps> but like, I I was like, I just didn't even re like reply or anything, and it's been gone ever since. And I've been well, like, I have the screen grab of just everything, and I don't know why. That's shocking. Like this happened to Josh from Yellow Card. It's like I. I it just happened to me. And uh, and it's yeah. So I didn't use Twitter much, so I didn't have. A you big and I following. should band together and figure out how we're gonna get our Twitters back. Yeah, I have like hundred and seventy k on that fucking. Oh platform. shit! You need it back. I filed. Yeah. I filed an appeal every single day, and no, no response. Well, yeah, that's what I. They said we'll add this to your file. Yeah, great. <laughs> All right, and that's the end of uh, Ryan Seaman and Friends today. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, God, yeah, so Twitter, yes, yeah, so you got hacked. I got hacked. That fucking yes, sucks. We need so, to talk more about that. So after the Twitter, show. I'm now. It's. DJ oh, so you, made a, you just made a new one. Yeah, because I didn't have a big following on it, so whatever. If I lost my Instagram, I'd be a little annoyed, but... Yeah, they, they make it really hard for because, like, Facebook's connected and all that uh, kind of stuff, you know? I'm so. doing all I'm doing two-factor authentication for everything. Yeah, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I feel like you have to. Yeah. But, um, well, hey, Bowie, thank you so much for being on my show. I know there's a million other things you could be doing. No, and, yeah. I loved it. So... All right, well, uh, coming up next on Adobe is Gon Fishkin. We, lo we love fish. We love fish. He's the, he's the one that gave me a show. Yes, Adobe, fish gave so. us a show, too. Yeah, so we should, we, should all, we should all just give him a, give him a round. Yeah, fish. Cheers to fish. Woo! Yeah, so that's, that's coming up next. And uh, Bowie, yeah. I, it's I don't, been real. I don't know what else to say. Yeah, it's been real. I don't know what else to say for the, the minute we have uh, left. Oh, one minute left. Yeah, that's a Sunny D vodka. Is yeah, these in, I found these in the fridge at um, Adobe. <laughs> what happened was once we came to Adobe and yeah. there was no alcohol in the fridge and uh, uh, we did a video about it and ever since there's been it's alcohol been in the fridge. I was the guy that helped Liquid Death get into Oh, there. yes. Or vice versa. I remember that. Mm -hmm. Yep, yeah. I share a spot with the guy that that does it too. Oh, my practice spot. Oh, right. So yeah, Je Jess used to be a tenant at my practice. That's spot. right. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe she'll maybe she'll come back. Who knows? Yeah. But uh, for now, thank you again, Bowie. <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll see you next time on Ryan Seaman and Friends, and uh, we'll talk soon. All right, thanks.